Welcome to Exaltation. This is Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true. Our scripture today is Genesis chapter 20, verses 1 through 7. Now Abraham journeyed from there toward the land of the Negev and settled between Kadesh and Shur. Then he sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah his wife, She is my sister. So Abimelech king of Gerar sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream of the night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is married. Now Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, wilt thou slay a nation even though blameless? Did he not himself say to me, She is my sister? And she herself said, He is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands I have done this. Then God said to him in the dream, Yes, I know that in the integrity of your heart you have done this, and I also kept you from sinning against me. Therefore I did not let you touch her. Now therefore restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you and you will live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are with you. The Christian life of loving and following the Lord Jesus Christ has to be lived in daily life. One of the hindrances to spiritual life is that we look for big things to do for God. This is a particular temptation for new believers who in the excitement of discovering Jesus are eager to bring the gospel to the whole world. But God needs to train us. He needs to shape us and mold us before we can be of use to him. We must learn how to be faithful to obey God in the daily routines of life and learn habits of perseverance that please him. The daily routine is God's way of keeping us humble and dependent upon Him. We must learn to go through the drudgery of little things by the power of God within us. In Genesis chapter 19, Abraham had just experienced great intimacy and friendship with God. This was a mountaintop experience for Abraham. Now, as chapter 20 begins, he comes down from the mountaintop into the valley of drudgery, and he momentarily succumbs to fear by repeating a former failure as he did in Genesis chapter 12. The wonderful thing to realize is that Abraham's deflection from faith was not in the main course of his walking with God. 
He was known as God's friend, living a blameless life of integrity before God and faithful to him. But Abraham's deflection from faith came in the very small details of his daily life. This is where we all need to diligently watch over ourselves. It is the little things that trip us up. As the saying goes, the devil is in the details. Paying attention to details is essential in properly executing any task. The same is true in the spiritual dimension. We must trust God and depend upon him in the smallest details of our daily life, not just in the big projects. Abraham was traveling south into the region of the Philistine king Abimelech. Right on the brink of the birth of Isaac, the promise of God is put in jeopardy and almost traded away in the interest of personal safety. Once again, as he did in Genesis chapter 12, Abraham claims that Sarah is his sister for fear of her being taken into the king's harem. King Abimelech takes her for his wife, and God tells him in a dream that he must give Sarah back to her husband or he is a dead man. Abimelech tells the Lord that he acted with integrity in taking Sarah because Abraham had told him that she was his sister. God responds, Yes, I know you acted with integrity, and I have kept you from sinning. Now restore Sarah to Abraham as his wife, and he will pray for you that you and your household will no longer be barren. Do you see the wonderful grace of the Lord in his providential care over both Abraham and King Abimelech? Even though King Abimelech is a pagan king, yet he fears God and wants to do what is right. God honors his integrity and protects him from sinning. King Abimelech obeys God and restores Sarah to Abraham. Thereupon Abraham prays for the healing of Abimelech, his wife, and his maids, so that they are blessed to bear children again. The lesson learned from this story is that deflections of faith most often come through our failure to trust and obey God in the small details of daily life. Some little business matter at work, or an insignificant home difficulty, or a personal fear that drives us to behavior that dishonors our master. Faithlessness in little things. The quality of our faith is tested and proven when it completely confides in God, not only in a crisis, not only in the big things, but in the small, common details of everyday life. Then in chapter 21.1, the Bible says, Then the Lord took note of Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. Notice the emphasis on the Lord in this verse. The Lord took note of Sarah. The Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. God always remains faithful to his promises. He acts just as he says he will act and does exactly as he promises he will do. This verse magnifies the power and faithfulness of God. 
After waiting 25 years, Sarah and Abraham finally enjoy the fulfillment of God's promise and Isaac is born. In verse 6, Sarah says, God has made laughter for me and everyone who hears will laugh with me. There's a difference between the laughter of unbelief and mistrust in God and the laughter of holy joy in the fulfillment of God's promise. In the morning prayer, we pray, O Father, sanctify my spirit. O Son, sanctify my soul. O Holy Spirit, sanctify my sin-stained body. Grant, O Lord, that I may rejoice in Thee now and laugh in the latter day. Amen. In this prayer, the laughter in the latter day is a laughter of holy joy that God has fulfilled his promise to us. Sarah, in Genesis 18.12, laughed in unbelief and irreverence when the Lord told her she would bear a son in her old age. Here in Genesis 21.6, She laughs with the joy of the Holy Spirit within her at the fulfillment of God's promise. Then in verse 7, Sarah says, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. What had happened was altogether humanly impossible. The birth of Isaac was a supernatural miracle occurring years beyond the ability of either Sarah or Abraham to produce a child. And God not only produced a child, but gave Sarah the ability to nurse him, mother's milk flowing through her breasts. No wonder Sarah is filled with astonishment, joy, and gladness. But Sarah's joy was short-lived because she saw Ishmael insulting her son Isaac. Abraham held a great feast to celebrate Isaac's weaning. At the feast, Sarah observed Ishmael mocking Isaac. The Hebrew word for mocking in verse 9 can also mean beating, implying that Ishmael was showing Isaac contempt and physically persecuting him. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 4 tells us that Abraham's two sons are an allegory. The son of the bondwoman Hagar was born according to the flesh, and the son of the free woman Sarah through the promise. Ishmael represents someone living according to the flesh. Isaac represents someone living according to the Holy Spirit. If you live according to the flesh, you are a son of Hagar. But if according to the Holy Spirit, you are a son of the promise. This is an important truth. The one who claims to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ must not compromise with the flesh. Galatians 4.24 says, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. If a man yields to his flesh rather than reigning over it by the Holy Spirit, his heart will be distracted away from God and his kingdom. The desires of his flesh will rule over his spirit, and he becomes worldly-minded and loses love for God. Ishmael and Isaac are symbols of this struggle. 
This is why in verse 10, Sarah asks Abraham to drive Hagar and her son away. For the son of a maid cannot be an heir with Isaac, the son of the promise. She says, in effect, to Abraham, It is not right that you be opposed to God by making an heir of him whom God has not made your heir. In Genesis chapter 16, Sarah had acted according to her sinful passions and treated Hagar unfairly. Now in Genesis 21, Sarah acts not according to her passions, but according to God's promise, which recognized the incompatibility of Ishmael living alongside Isaac. Abraham is distressed over Sarah's request to drive away Ishmael. Not only is Ishmael now 17 years old and attached to Abraham, but the law of Abraham's day forbid casting out the son of the handmaid if a natural heir was born. So Abraham talks to God about this concern. God reassures him that he should do as Sarah tells him, for in Isaac his descendants will be blessed. Isaac is clearly irreplaceable in God's sovereign plan. Both the nation of Israel and the promised Messiah must come through Isaac. Now that the promised child has been born, Abraham and Sarah must avoid any possible threat to Isaac's future. God's choice must be protected. Therefore, Abraham and Sarah had to expel Ishmael. Verse 14 says that Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar, putting them on her shoulder, and gave her the boy and sent her away. Notice that when the Lord gave Abraham orders, he immediately carried them out and gave no further thought to his natural desires. This was a man who had a habit of facing a hard task resolutely. He was distressed and in anguish, but once he heard God's command, he put his feelings aside and obeyed. When God commands, we put our feelings aside and immediately obey Him. What is obedience, dear friend? Obedience is the virtue of a life in which self-will is sacrificed to God's will. Unless our hearts are trained to conform to Christ's life and will, we will live in a state of separation from Him. You are listening to Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true heralding the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ so that we may experience life in Him. Let's continue our lesson.
St. Gregory the Great says, By obedience we offer ourselves to God, and those who obey are conquerors. Abraham's obedience to God was an outworking of his daily relationship with him. He gave up self-preoccupation and self-will to enter into union and communion with God's will. Some of you hearing my voice are wrestling with this whole issue of obedience. You may be struggling with the Lord's command to love Him more than you love your own earthly family. You have converted to the Lord Jesus Christ, but the rest of your family has not. I urge you as hard as it is, put aside your natural feelings for your family and love and obey the Lord your God with all your heart. He is with you. He will strengthen you and help you stand strong for him. Notice that Abraham gives Ishmael a bottle of water to drink, which soon fails and leaves him thirsty. This symbolizes living according to the flesh and never being spiritually satisfied. The water fails. The bottle is limited and lacking and cannot sustain life. This is because the Lord Jesus Christ is the well of life. He says in John 4:14, Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Listening friend, do you know and love the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you drinking from his well of living water, springing up to eternal life? Trust him. Rely upon him. Believe upon him and keep on believing upon him, and he will give you his abundant kind of life. Verses 15 to 21 Provide an Old Testament parable of New Testament salvation. Hagar and Ishmael start off into the desert of Beersheba. Soon the water is gone. Ishmael becomes weak and exhausted in the heat, and Hagar lays him down under the shade of a tree, knowing that he will soon die. Both she and the child begin to weep and cry. God hears them and tells Hagar, Arise, lift up the lad and hold him, for I will make him a great nation. Then verse 19, And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. This is a parable of how God's grace works in our lives. We wander in the world seeking satisfaction, trying to quench our spiritual thirst, but find no relief and no permanent happiness. Our sins have made us miserable. But then God opens our eyes to see his grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. We come to faith. 2 Corinthians 4.3 says, If our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which do not believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts 
to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In the words of the hymn writer, Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. This is the life-transforming grace of God. This is true conversion. We realize our lost condition apart from God. We confess our need, our thirst, our emptiness, our sinful ways to God, and He comes to us. He receives us and opens our eyes to His truth. Friends, have your eyes been opened to see God's truth? There is a well of living water freely available to you in the Lord Jesus Christ if you will only see Him, come to Him, and drink. This is the path of life. See the Lord Jesus, come to the Lord Jesus, and drink from the Lord Jesus. Chapter 21 closes with the story of Abraham and King Abimelech making a treaty together. King Abimelech has been watching Abraham closely and has observed that God is with him. God was clearly blessing Abraham, and the king wanted to be friends with a man blessed by God. This tells us that the existence of Abraham's faith had an influence on the people around him. When the king looked at Abraham, he saw the truth that God was with him, and he was in fellowship with God. Verse 22 says, And it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Phicol, the chief captain of his host, spake unto Abraham, saying, God is with thee in all that thou doest. Now therefore swear unto me here by God that thou wilt not deal falsely with me, nor with my son, nor with my son's son. But according to the kindness that I have done unto thee, thou shalt do unto me. The lesson learned is that when we trust God and walk with him in everyday life, people will take notice. An obedient faith makes a profound difference. So ask God to increase your faith and help you to trust him more fully each day. We began by realizing that we must learn how to be faithful to God and obey God in the daily routines of life and learn habits of perseverance that please Him. This is because the daily routine is God's way of keeping us humble and dependent upon Him. We must learn to go through the drudgery of little things by the power of God within us. Let's learn this lesson from the life of Abraham. He walked so faithfully with God that he was called the friend of God. Abraham had some small deflections from faith, some errors of judgment and failures to fully trust the Lord. But the consistent direction of his life was always walking faithfully with God, blameless before him in integrity and truth. Let's pray that we will follow Abraham's footsteps 
trusting God in every challenge, great or small. For of him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory both now and forevermore. Amen. You've been listening to the program Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson with Godet Ministries. You may reach us on the web at godetministries.org. That's G-A-U-D-E-T-E ministries.org. This gospel outreach is entirely listener-supported. Please help us proclaim the gospel on the radio to a needy world. You may donate online at our website. Your gift, large or small, is gratefully appreciated. Until next time, may God richly bless you with this word of encouragement from the prophet Isaiah. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not faint. <laughs>